and it's time. Everyone say it's time. We're in this series, and it's time. Uh, last week we talked about it's time to have some joy in our life. And today I want to I be very direct. Since a lot of you are, are fasting, uh, some of you are doing the Daniel fast, I want to be a butcher today, and I want to carve out some word and give you some meat. How's that? Because a lot of you aren't eating some meat in the natural, but I want to give you some scripture today uh, that's going to help you. Um, And this series is basically about we know what to do. We absolutely, we know what to do. We just don't do it It is the problem, not always. And so we need somebody to come alongside of us and and to give us a little push. Because if you want to live your best life, it's actually closer than what you think it is. And sometimes we need somebody just to beep, beep, give us a little honk so that we can move forward because the light is green and it is time. Stephen Covey said, if we keep doing what we're doing, we're going to keep getting what we're getting. And I think that that is so, so very important that we understand a lot of times that, you know, our problems are high. They're way up here, but our habits are very low. And, and, and what we've got to do, we've we got to change that, don't we? Because we, we need good habits. We need good habits. And, and it's not going to mean we're never going to have problems. What it does mean, it's going to make us to be more like Jesus than ever before, which I believe is the, the highest place that you can go in life is to be like Jesus. So this central message of Jesus' sermons... Uh, John the Baptist was preaching, and, and we have the scripture here, Matthew 3 and 2. It says, repent. Everyone say repent. That's right. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And some people think that repent is a holy person telling a holy pers- an unholy person that they are bad. And that's not what it means. Repent means a mind change. Everyone say mind change. If you have a mind change, then you're going to have a direction change. A mind change will change your direction. Change your mind, you will change your direction. And so Jesus came along in Matthew 4 and 17. And and of course, you know the story. He starts his ministry. He fasts for 40 days and night. He's tempted by the enemy. But then the scripture says, from that time on, when he started his ministry, he preached, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, heaven is closer than what you realize. To be like Jesus is easier than what you think it is. It's just simply a repentance. It is simply a mind change. Because if you change your mind, you change your direction. The kingdom of heaven. Everyone say the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, think about that. If you are the king over your own life, you make a pretty bad king. Can I get a good amen, somebody? If you are the king, but if Christ is king, it's totally different. When we are king, we we get stuck a lot. We we find ourselves in places that we really need God. And so we need to get unstuck. So what we're going to do and talk about today is we want to talk about it's God time. Everyone say God time. That's right, God time. I love talking about this. Because we're, we're on this journey, and some of us are new on a journey. And the question is, have you given God all the kingdoms or all the areas 
of your life for him to be king over? That's a good question, isn't it? Is Jesus Christ Lord of all of the kingdoms of your life? Because if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Because you are king over that area. And those are some of the areas that we want to talk about. Now, I, I love working with our youth pastors, and uh, they're, they're fun to hang around. They're a hoot. They're just a hoot. I'm not sure what a definition of a hoot is, but it fits in this case. And I love working with them, and I love to mentor them because they're, they're open to what you have to say. And I, I can be a little bit rougher and tougher with them than I can with you in the audience. Because if I was that tough on you like I are on, that I am on them, you wouldn't come back next Sunday. So what I want to do, I want to show you, if I was your mentor, I want to tell you what I would say if I was that kind of a preacher. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not going to be that preacher, but I just want to tell you what I would say. If I was that kind of preacher, okay? So you see where I'm going with this, don't you? All right, so I want to mentor you in a roundabout way because I don't want to be that hard-nosed preacher. But I will show you what I would say and tell you what I would say if I were one. All right. That's good. C.S. Lewis said this, Human history is the long and terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. Isn't that the truth? And some of you have lived long enough to realize that that is true. So what I want to do today, I want us to look at Romans chapter 13. And if you want to get your Bibles out, if you want to get the handout... Uh, I put the scripture in there. Uh, also, the scripture will be on the screen. But I, I want to show you what the word has to say about some God time. God time is what we want to talk about. And this is taken from the Message Bible. But make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of your day-by-day obligations. In other words, day-to-day life. That you lose track of the time... And there it is, the time. And doze off, oblivious to God. Now, here's God's push. His beep, beep, the light's green. The night is about over. In other words, you're running out of time. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. Notice that. Be awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on salvation work that he began when we first believed. So when you become a Christ follower, your salvation is, you know, you're secure in it, but he's not through with you yet. You're still under construction. Everyone said amen on that. Amen. So we can't afford to waste a minute. We must not squander these precious daylight hours In other words, you'll still be stuck in 2020 as you were in 2019. In frivolity and in 
indulgence and sleeping around in disposition, in bickering, everything in sight. Get out of bed. That's what I want to say. If you've had teenagers, you have said that before. Get out of bed and what? Get dressed. He's going to tell us how. How? Dress yourselves in who? Christ. Be up and about. Be up and about. So today, I want to remove the filters. Uh, I, I don't want to pull out any punches. I just want to mentor you and show you, tell you what it would be like if I was one of those kind of preachers. So I'm not doing it. I'm just telling you. So don't get mad. I'm just telling you. So there's a list of 200 things I want to talk about. But I picked out four. And here's the the first one I want to talk about. And go ahead and I want you to fill this in. If you have a pen, it's time to take control of my schedule. It's time to take control of my schedule. This is so important because the reason your life is out of balance is because you haven't taken control of your schedule. Your life's a mess. Some of us that have a lot of young children, we're we're trying to do too much and too little of us. And it's grabbing too much of our lives. And when you burn candles out of both ends, you are not as bright as you think you are. I think that's funny. If you are burning candles at both ends, you are not as bright as what you think you are. Because you have to organize your day. And it's called the God time principle. The God time principle. It's not time to prioritize your schedule, but it's time to schedule your priorities. What is important? And that's the key. In my life, what is important? And here's what I would tell you if I was a hard-nosed preacher. Make sure God has a place in your schedule. Can I say that again? Make sure... God has a place in your schedule. And he actually needs to be first place. Look at Jeremiah 6 and 16. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads. And to me, a new year looks like uh, crossroads to me. He says, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. In other words... Do what the generations before you did. The timeless principles that they did. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. Now here's the benefit of this. Then you will find rest for your souls. You're not burning candles at both ends, but go back Ask for the ancient paths, what worked for others before me, and and I need to know what this good way is. This is what Jeremiah is saying. So you've got to 
let God be first in your schedule. Before you do anything in the morning, before you look at Facebook, before you look at emails, before you turn on the news, boy, isn't that the truth? Before you do anything, the first thing that we should do Except make some coffee because that's heavenly being juice. I get it. That's heavenly being juice. God says coffee's okay. Mocha with the master. But anyway, before you do anything, all of us can do the first 15. And I, I believe that's in your notes, yes. And, and it's so easy to, to just take control of your schedule. All you have to do is, is wake up 15 minutes earlier. For God, for Him. And, and take a look at this for the first 15. Five minutes reading the Bible. You can write that in. Five minutes reading the Bible. That, that's like one psalm. That's not asking too much. And the second thing is five minutes in worship. That's one psalm. See how easy this is? And five minutes in prayer. And, and, and just tell God what you're thankful for. And what your needs are for that day. Five minutes. One psalm, one song, and five minutes of prayer. And you, if you will do this, you're on your way to getting your schedule in order. You want to schedule your priorities. Can I get a witness in the house? I know a lot of us, we don't like to wake up early. We don't. I know a lot of you, some of you have two jobs. Some of you have three jobs, and we don't like to do this. But I'm telling you, your, your life isn't going to be perfect, but your day's going to go better. Your days go better by giving God control of your schedule. And get, get that in your spirit. First thing in the morning, before you turn on the negative news, before you read a negative email, get some positive word. Here's some praise and worship music going. That's what I would say if I was a hard-nosed preacher. Okay, let's, let's tell you something else I would say. It's time to regulate what I allow to enter my mind and my body. Oh, hang on. Some of us, we have no filter or gate on our eyes. We have no filter or gate on our ears. Hang on. And we have no filter or gate on our mouth. No one punch anyone on the side right now and say he's talking to you. We've got to regulate. We are Christians. We are Christ-like and we, we can't allow certain things to enter our minds and our bodies. Can I get an amen? amen? Because what you allow in is actually going, if it's, if it's of the enemy, if it's negativity, it's going to try to destroy the rest of your life. Let me give you some examples. What kind of music do you listen to? Right? What kind of music? Now, I love the K-Love Challenge, 
And I, I think for the first of the year, I, I love what they say, give, give us 30 days with Caleb and only listen to praise and worship music and watch how your life can change. You've you got, you got to understand what kind of music do you listen to? What kind of movies do you watch? What places do you click on? Do you drink alcohol to the extent where you get drunk? Well, the Bible teaches that's absolutely wrong. And I would also ask you about the drugs that you take. The prescription drugs that you got better, but you kept taking them anyway. How about the overeating that we do and justify it and say, well, God made all good things. That's why we want to give God these 21 days of prayer and fasting. You know what? Instead of demonizing it, I would normalize it and just say, this is what I'm doing. I am guilty of this. I, I, I'm not whatever, whatever the case is in your life. Admit to it and, and, and just realize it's time to regulate this and it's time to let God have control over that area. Um, this, this one pastor was doing the 21 days of, of prayer and fasting. And so one of the, the new members came up to him after service and said, Hey, pastor, I want to let you know I'm jumping in with you on this 21 days of, of uh, prayer and fasting. He's, I'm fasting. And the pastor said, Great. And, and, and the man said, Well, you want to know what I'm fasting? And the pastor said, Sure do. And the man said, Marijuana. <laughs> True story. Why would I bring that story up? Because everybody's at a different place in their walk with God. And for him, that was a big deal. Because it was normal life for him. He has not gotten the teaching. He was not raised in church like you, maybe some of us have been. And everybody's on a, on a path and a journey to God. And everybody's at different places. And for some, that would be a... And, and the pastor said... Praise the Lord. And he wanted to encourage him because that's where he was in his walk with God. Now, he will get instructed later, just because something's legal doesn't mean it's good. Come on, somebody. So, I think it's important that we realize there is flesh. There is this world, and there is the secular that keeps pulling and pulling pulling and pulling us, wanting us. And I've seen some things, and I pray that it's not true what people want to do if their candidate doesn't get chosen, of how they want and things they want to do with Christians. And I'm telling you, that is the spirit of the Antichrist that's going on in our world today. And the Antichrist spirit is pulling for your soul. And I, am, I just want to be one of those preachers to say what I would say if I was a hard-nosed preacher to tell you, you need to be careful. And you need to regulate what goes in your mind and what goes in your body. Look at 1 Corinthians 10 and 23. 
I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. And I want to tell you that that song, that holy water song, it, there's that last part of that bridge that, that talks about Romans in chapter 6 that says, should we sin to let grace abound? And he says, God forbid. No, we should not do this. And, and for us, we have to let God help us put some filters and bring conviction if there's something that we shouldn't be seeing or hearing or saying. Can I get a good amen, somebody? Let this be your prayer, Psalm 14, oh no, 141 and 4. Psalm 141 and 4. Don't let me drift towards evil. Isn't that interesting? I think that's a good prayer. Lord, don't let me drift towards evil or take part in acts of wickedness. Don't let me, and notice this, share in the delicacies of those who do wrong, because there are people that love to do wrong. They they love not having any kind of filters on their eyes, their ears, or their mouth. And the bottom line is, we need to pull back. And we need to let God, get some God time, and give us some filters. Can I get a good amen? Our mind and our body. Let Him help us with our schedule, and here's another one. It's time to organize my finances. And what I mean by that is this principle. And I wish when I was a young man that this was taught to me. Give, save, live. Give, save, live. A lot of you, when you were young, And I know that when I was younger, we heard a lot of messages about the second coming. I believe in the second coming. I believe it more today than ever. But also, I I needed to hear some things about prepare for the future that the Bible talks about. I want you to look at Matthew 6 and 21. Because organize on God's time... When you organize your finances, and this, get this today, if you organize your finances, you actually get closer to God. And here's the scripture to prove it, Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your heart is going to go also Wherever you devote your treasure, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Look at Proverbs 3 and 9. Honor God. Yes, it honors Him. With everything you own. Give Him the first and the best. So, for example, you're honoring God on the first day of the week by being here today. You're honoring Him. That feels pretty good, doesn't it? That we can actually honor the creator of life. (laughs) It's an honor to him. But also, we honor God by the first of the year, by prayer and fasting. And God gets the first. 
And this is what I want to bring home for a lot of you that are young, like 45, 55. You need to start, yes, give God 10%. And, and the Bible says, and of your offerings as well. And I, I love this church because they do. Last month, man, we, we gave and gave, and it was our offerings. It was awesome. You need to give God 10% if you want his blessing. And the Bible says if you don't, you're robbing him. So you stand before him one day, and, and you answer the question. He says, why did you rob me? That's, that's between you and God. But that, that is the first thing that you do. You honor God by giving him 10%. Now, give, save is the next one. Everyone say save. Say it again. Save. Let's say it one more time. Save. You need to take 10% and save it. Boy, that's good. I know it's not popular to talk about saving money for yourself, but it's the truth anyway. Because the Bible actually talks about the necessity of doing this. And I want to show you the scripture about it. You need, and as a young person... You need to give God 10%, but you need to give your, your future 10%. Well, God's coming soon. Yes, he could come today if he wants to, but I'm still going to save for my tomorrow. Because we thought he was coming 25 years ago, and it, he didn't. And if you didn't save, then you don't have the money that you wish you would have had to retire. Can I get a good Amen. Some of you, you understand this and how important it is that you start when you're young. Hear me, younger people, if you don't have a savings account, give it to your grandparents and say, do not give this back to me under any circumstance. If you trust them. I'm just kidding. And tell them, hey, I... I I haven't got a savings account, but I, I, I need to start saving for my future. And you know what it does? It helps your security gland. Did you know you have a security gland right here? I think it's more right here. A, secure, a security gland. It just feels so good knowing you have something to fall back on when you're older and you may or may not be able to work. Whoa. I feel the presence of God in this place. And I'm here to tell you, there are scriptures that, that will talk about this. And I, 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 love, I love the scriptures that, in fact, look, look at Proverbs 20 and 4. Sluggards. Now, these are, these are individuals who do not have uh, that kind of discipline. Do not plow in season. So sluggards do not plow. They don't plow if they see fruit or not. So at harvest time, they look, but they find nothing. And, and the Bible, if, if you will look in Proverbs, and you, you will find the ant works so hard. And you're gonna, God, God gave us some examples that, that when the winter time comes, then they have something to fall back on when there's not a harvest. Because there are times in life when you will not have a harvest. Is that the truth? Some of you have lived long enough to know you can lose a job. The business can go belly up for whatever reason. You, 
You, you could get fired for you did something crazy. So it's very important that you give God 10%, but you save 10%, and you live on 80%. How's that? And don't you wish, as a young person, that you were taught this? Maybe some of you were. But in a lot of churches, we were not. Give, save, live. Very easy to remember, sometimes very hard to do, because we want that newest of new that's out there. We want the best of best, but man, if you can do without now. In fact, I think Dave Ramsey says, if you live like nobody right now, then you can live like nobody later on in life, and I think that's so true. So let's organize our finances how? Give, save, and live. Give, save, and live. And here's the the final one. It's time to live my life intentionally. Intentionally, you can fill that in. Oh, hear me today. And I'm going to close with this. Your circumstances are not determining where you are. Your disciplines are. Your disciplines determine where you are. In life, maybe it's your lack of disciplines are determining where you are in life. You've got to have some discipline. You've got to have some discipline to get up every morning and go to work. But you also have to have some discipline to save for your future. Some discipline to give to God what's His. Some discipline to live on the 80%. And You and I are not products of our circumstances. We are products of our discipline. Again, that sluggard, he doesn't have disciplines, does he? So he doesn't plow in the time where he's supposed to. And then at harvest time, he sees nothing. And here's what I think is so very interesting. Ah, so very interesting. Disciplines. Everyone say disciplines. Yeah. How can I say this? Some of you relate to this. People want, some of you who are successful, people want what you have, don't they? A lot of times. People want what you have, but they don't want to do what you did to get there. Ooh, that's good. Thank you, Brother Jeff. You're welcome. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? People want what you have, but they don't want to do what you did to be successful. The times you did without. The times you didn't buy the biggest and the best. Come on. And there's something about those that went through the depression get it the best because they understand those kind of principles. You never want to experience that again. Right? So God help us to have the disciplines we need because your business was successful because you worked hard at it. And then here comes somebody and says, well, I wish I could be like that. And they're not even working. They're not even looking for a job. You just want to smack them in Jesus' name. <laughs> well, leave the Jesus' name part out and just smack them good. Just, I'm kidding. 
But isn't that true? And if I were one of those kind of preachers, I want to show you something else that I would say. People don't want to put God first on a Sunday, and they won't come, and they won't come, and they won't come, but you let the first minute of trouble come in their life. And you know the first person they call? Now, if I was that kind of preacher, that's what I would say. Right? And thankfully, God gives those with the calling the grace that they need because you really do. It's just like when they want what you got, you say, where were you? That's what you want to say. Where have you been? And many times that's not, that's not the place to say it. Maybe later on when they're a little more healed and they're broken and they're, they're at their wit's end. I'm going to tell you, is your life perfect because you come to church? No, but it's better. And if you'll bring your children to church, your children won't be perfect, but there's a better chance of them living their best life because they're brought to church. The same thing goes in our families. In fact, the percentage is over 90% if the dad will be the example to come to church. If the dad will come, the percentage is 90% of the rest of the family will come. Dads, you are so important. Your spiritual leadership is so important. The disciplines. All right, everybody, let's get up. It's time. It's time to go to church. Oh, dad, I don't want to go. But you know what? You're the spiritual leader. Now, I understand there's times where you have to miss... There's times you need a vacation. I told my wife, we didn't take a vacation last year. We were there every Sunday. This year, we're planning on taking a vacation. There's going to be a Sunday that we're going to be gone, but we're still going to have church. If we have to do it ourselves and have church, my daughter used to do it all by herself. She was the song leader. She was the offering taker, and she was the preacher on her swing set. It's been done before. And it can be done again. Why? Because that's God's day. Remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. In other words, keep coming to church. Come together. Even especially in the times that we live right now. Especially now. So, I want to share with you John Maxwell, some of you know who he is. He's an author. He's, he's a great speaker. He's also a, a pastor. And he has something called the rule of five. And I, I try to live by this every day of my life. Every day I try to live by this rule of five. And I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm going to tell you which one I struggle with. Here's the first one. Spend time with God in prayer every day. Spend time with God in prayer every day. The second one is study God's word. Read your Bible every day. The third one, love those closest to me. Do that every day. The next one, make a difference in someone's life every day. Even if it's just a smile, a a silly joke, make a difference in someone's life. And here's the last one, take care of myself every day. And that's the one I have probably the most problem with is taking good care of myself 
Why? Because I love chocolate and french fries. They go together. You take a french fry and you dip it in melted chocolate and eat it. It's... I hate to say it, but it's... That's heaven's... That's heaven's food. Take care of myself. And you know what? In, in this Daniel fast that's going on right now, I, I've noticed that my body feels better by just staying away from a lot of meat and sugar. Just because breads were never an issue. Some of you love bread. I pray for you. You pray for me. Because I was raised on meat and potatoes. I don't know about the rest of you, but that's how I was raised. It was, Dean, I could tell a story about you. Meat and potatoes. He doesn't think he's eaten unless he's had rice, sweet potatoes, and white potatoes in one meal. Gotta love the South African culture. I'm so glad we're friends too, Dean. I'm just so glad. Because when we go to your house to eat, guess what? There's rice, there's some kind of sweet potato, and white potato. Wow. But that's the one I have to work on. We all have something we need to work on. Instead of demonizing it, just normalize it and say, yeah, I've got a problem. I told God I had a problem the last couple of weeks. I said, I, I like sugar. I like what you made. I do. I like it. Someone said, I love it. <laughs> Martin, was that you, brother? Okay. <laughs> uh, but I got to take care of myself. And you know, when I do, I feel better. I do, I, I feel better. You say, well, you haven't lost much weight. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> but I feel lighter. I feel better. I do. I feel better. And do you know that if you do a full fast, and there are books by doctors about this, if you do a full fast where you just drink water for a certain period of time, maybe or 20 sun up, sun down, or maybe you're going to go three days. If, if you can go extended period of times, there are studies that show that there are certain diseases that will leave your body if you can do that. That's, that's the amazing thing and the miracle in the physical about fasting. But what I've noticed about fasting is these last two weeks, man, man I'm just more in control. I, I'm, I'm letting God... Say, God, you control this. God, I'm not going to speak this. God, I'm not going to look at this. God, I'm not going to hear this. Does that make sense? It's like I have more self-control over other areas of my body. Why? Because I'm controlling the intake in my body. And the same thing happens with the mind. Because when... and, and you get the concept, and, and I'm going to let God be in control of, of my fa- finances, of give, save, and live. Then it, that same principle begins to work because you had self-control over your money, and God blesses the other 80% because you put him first. And you begin to see that it spills over into other areas of my life. Man, I, man it's, it's so much easier to take time and read my Bible and so much easier to... Be alone with God and just pray. I hope you could hear the, the, 
the preacher that was preaching beside me today that is the hard-nosed, hard-line preacher, the mentor pastor who wants to challenge you because of Psalm 90 and verse 12. Psalm 90 and 12. And I'm going to end with this. And, And let this be our prayer today. Teach us to number our days. Oh, that's so important. Teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. And then he goes on to say this, help us to spend them as we should. So it's two-part prayer. Lord, teach us to number our days, to recognize I just don't have many days. Even if I'm a young person, life goes by so fast. And then God, after you've taught me that time is short, then help me to spend my days as I should. Because everyone's got purpose and everyone needs a plan because God says he has that for us. What you have to do give, save, and live, you have to take the step. You have to do it. Nobody can do it for you. You have to make the step. Tomorrow is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and he says this, faith is taking a step. This is so good. Faith is taking a step even when you don't see the whole staircase. God, I don't know how you're going to work things out. I don't see the whole staircase. I'm taking a step of faith anyway. And I, I'm, I'm going to put you first. I'm going to put you first, God. My prayer is for you that in the areas that are some challenges for you, that you will find the strength to be able to take that step of faith starting right here and right now. It's very easy to do. What I'm going to ask is that you stand today Would everyone stand in the audience? And I'm looking around today and I I don't think I see any first-time guests, but in case there is, if you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to do this. But I'm going to ask our church body to come to the front around the altars today. Would you just make your way to the front? And I I want us as a church family to pray. Because God is worthy of it all. Do you believe that? God is worthy of it all. God is worthy of it all. What time is it? It's God's time. It's God's time. (laughs) Faith is taking a step even when you don't see the whole staircase. So our prayer today, God, help us to number our days. Help us to see how fast time goes. Lord, and help me to spend them as I should, as I should.